This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, December 25th, 2015. I'm Caleb Brown. For those in prison, a holiday visit from a family member can mean everything. And for families compelled to drive as many as 500 miles to visit a father, a mother, a son, or daughter, well, it can be a very expensive and taxing endeavor. I spoke with Molly Gill of Families Against Mandatory Minimums about the burden of distance when family members are imprisoned and about President Obama's record thus far on commutations and pardons. Many prisoners, especially at the federal level, they are kept in facilities that are oftentimes many hundreds of miles away from their families, which for uh, any attempt to visit them can be quite an expensive and time-consuming ordeal. That's correct. Uh, In the Bureau of Prisons, they have a policy, generally speaking, that they try to place prisoners within 500 miles of their families where they will be released. Now, 500 miles is still an awfully long way to go in traffic, in bad weather. Um, The people who are uh, incarcerated often come from uh, poorer communities. It's a full-day drive at any rate. Exactly. And uh, they may not have families that have vehicles that can make that distance. Um, Prisons are often in rural locations, so sometimes you're talking about a flight plus a rental car, which, of course, increases the costs even more for these families. So it's very, very hard to get to a prison sometimes to visit a loved one during the holidays. Why does that matter, though? I mean, if I'm a get-tough-on-crime kind of guy, I'm thinking, well, of course, that's the point. Like, you're, you're separated from your, your family. So you're separated from society, which includes your family. So what's the big deal if you're hundreds of miles away from them? Well, the Bureau of Prisons itself has found that maintaining family ties helps people reenter society and decreases the odds that they're going to go back to prison and commit future crimes. So it very much is a public safety concern to make sure that families have access to their loved ones while they're incarcerated. Imagine, for example, something that we hear quite frequently, which is people who go three, four, five, even 10 years without even seeing a family member. How are you supposed to maintain a relationship with a person over that significant amount of time? How are you supposed to leave prison and reunite with that person and sometimes live under the same roof with someone who has basically become a total stranger to you? And a person who uh, is not close enough to help you find the resources that you need as you get close to your release date so you can have a chance of success. All right. So President Obama recently has commuted uh, many sentences, which puts him better places him better in the rankings when it comes to commutations uh, and pardons. So what has he done and uh, what does he have left to do? Well, back in 2014, President Obama announced a a new commutation initiative. And a commutation is uh, him granting a sentence reduction to a federal prisoner. It's a power that he has under the Constitution that does not require any congressional approval. Uh, when he initially announced this uh, campaign, he said, uh, you know, perhaps thousands of prisoners would be getting commutations. Uh, the truth is he's only granted 184 in the seven years that he's now been in office. Uh, this week, he granted 95 commutations and two pardons. Pardons, unlike commutations, actually wipe a conviction off the person's record and restore rights that they have lost. Uh, So these 95 lucky people are now looking at going home in either April of 2016 or December of 2016. And uh, certainly President Obama has uh, been very generous in granting 95 commutations at once. That's something we haven't seen in a very long time. 
but he still has a long way to go uh, to fulfill that promise he initially made. This is quite a process to uh, find the people who are both deserving of this reprieve, but also uh, people who are unlikely to create additional crimes that will come back onto the legacy of a departing president. Right. This administration has been very, very cautious. Uh, they, When they announced the initiative, they actually uh, enlisted the help of four nonprofit organizations, including mine in full disclosure, Families Against Mandatory Minimums. And soon 30,000 applications rolled in from federal prisoners seeking release. And so the Clemency Project 2014, uh, the four organizations that are part of that have been vetting those cases. Then they send them forward to the Office of the Pardon Attorney. They do an internal review. It goes up through the Deputy Attorney General's Office and the DOJ. Then it goes to the White House Counsel. And then eventually, if you have survived that grueling process, you land on the president's desk and he ultimately decides your fate. So, uh, you know, 30,000 applications, uh, I think 31 so far have sort of made it through this Clemency Pro uh, Project 2014 review process. So it's, it's grueling. These particular people, who, who are they? Predominantly, they are nonviolent drug offenders, um, people who have already served significant amounts of time in prison. Uh, based on the president's six criteria, these are people who don't have any ties to major drug cartels or gangs. Uh, these are people who are not perceived as a public safety risk. Uh, these are people who, uh, again, have already done a, a significant period of time in prison. You said this administration is being cautious and there doesn't seem to be anything wrong with that. But so uh, to, to what extent can this administration move along toward granting more of these and still understand that, you know, these are our inmates who may reoffend? Sure. I, th I think you're absolutely right that the president does need to be cautious when granting clemency. I think, though, the fact that so much of this process happens within the Department of Justice has raised some very legitimate concerns that we have a fox guarding the hen house here. The Department of Justice is responsible for prosecuting cases. Essentially coming back later and saying this person deserves a commutation is saying – to some extent, no, we, we got it wrong and we made a mistake. And that's very hard for all kinds of people to do and it's hard for prosecutors to do as well. So uh, experts in this area have actually advocated for creating uh, an independent agency that works with the president that doesn't have that sort of conflict of interest that may be present at the department. Where does President Obama rank now when it comes to commutations and pardons? Of course, commutations are not pardons. These people have, have these uh, events on their record for the rest of their lives typically. But where does he rank in those two areas? Well, he's doing better than any president in recent memory. Uh, the person uh, he's now getting closest to is Lyndon B. Johnson, who granted 226 commutations over the course of five years. I think, again, what makes President Obama sort of stand out is the fact that he has received a vast number of applications that have not been granted. So his grant rate is uh, still uh, very low considering the pool he has to choose from. Molly Gill is Government Affairs Counsel at Families Against Mandatory Minimums. You can learn more about how to fix our criminal justice system at our website, cato.org.